Covering you from your LB1 to your taxi squad, this is IDP Nation. Manning back, bouncing fire to the far side, it's intercepted, and running into a touchdown! Your home for the best in IDP and draft coverage. Daniel has time in the pocket, steps up, and he's going to be hit from the side, and he's going down, that's a sack! Here are the hosts of IDP Nation, Hollywood and Kyle B. Welcome back to IDP Nation. Uh, we took a few weeks off, had a vacation. Kyle got hung up with some stuff with work and stuff like that. So we just decided to pump the brakes for a couple of weeks. And now we're rejuvenated and back at it, Kyle. Yes, we are, man. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we, we had uh, our schedules just didn't line up there for a few weeks. Work had no, us working didn't. late and. Man, yeah, we couldn't find a day, and then, you know, you took a vacation, much-needed vacation, and that's – you got to do that, man. Um, oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to taking one myself here hopefully soon. Um, First one in a yeah. long, long time. Yeah. You guys had a good time, though, right? That's awesome. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, Hell great yeah. time. Hell, yeah. But yeah, so now uh, now we're back, and uh, like you said, we're we're rejuvenated, man. Yeah, yeah, rejuvenated for sure, and just in time because the draft just finished, and yep, we're what two weeks removed from the draft now, so we got plenty to talk about now. Oh yeah, it's a exciting time of year with all these rookie drafts rolling and dynasty startups rolling, and yep, it's oh, uh, it's fun, man. A lot going on. Busy, busy, this, busy. This is like sure. the 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 build up before like the lull. Right. The, right, the rookie drafts, there's some startups and whatnot or whatever. And then there's always that lull before midsummer before it kicks back up. So this is this is a fun fun time for sure. Right, right. Um, Shoo. So I guess we'll just go ahead and get started because we've got a lot to cover. So if you want to read the news and notes, have at it. All right, man, here we go. News and notes. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals linebacker Logan Wilson is expected to be ready for training camp after having surgery to repair a torn labrum. Um, Obviously, Logan Wilson is – I mean, he was just a breakout linebacker that we were big fans of and we were just waiting for it, and and he rewarded all his IDP managers last year having a big season in year two. And so let's just hope this is the – a little cleanup surgery, and, he, and he's back to doing what he was doing last year and getting even better in year three, right? Yeah. I, I mean, we were super high on him. I thought he would would do this as a rookie, but it, we so we were off a year, you know. Took him a year, I guess, to get yeah. well, situated you know, and up to speed. Absolutely. And the problem, too, is with Cincinnati was they just, you know, the, the way they deployed their linebackers, you know, you had, you know, Josh Bynes, Jermaine Pratt, and all these guys playing like 65, 60%, yeah. 70% sometimes. And Logan Wilson got in there a little bit. And then he got hurt late in the year with like an ankle injury. He was getting a little yeah. bit of steam and got hurt. And then he kind of broke the mold of the Cincinnati linebacker rotation this year. And I, I was yeah, – because like it's always, you know, with, with situations like that, you're always, you know, a bit hesitant, you know, because of the way they utilize their, their linebackers. They 
just there wasn't a big uh big snap eater between the group but logan wilson bucked that trend because man he's a hard guy to keep off the field when he's doing what he's doing right so yeah and i think he's more you know they drafted jermaine pratt the year before and uh, they've also he's been okay but he's not yeah and they're not the same type of player that Wilson is. Wilson is an all-around type of linebacker. Can cover, can can defend the run, and all that stuff. Uh, where the other two are, not, they can just not as good as he is. So, um, right, yeah. Hopefully, he's healthy. He's ready to rock and roll. And, and maybe if he'd have been fully healthy in the Super Bowl, maybe that would have helped some. I don't know that anything would have <laughs> stopped the Rams last year. But yeah, um, yeah, felt like destiny, right? Yeah, I kind of did. Although I'm sick of seeing these uh, uh, AT&T Stafford commercials. <laughs> turn it to, turn it to any channel. <laughs> oh, I'll turn it to PBS and watch freaking <laughs> something. I don't know. I'll watch the 700 Club before I watch this crap. There you go. There <laughs> you go. Um, but yeah. Next one, a couple of rapid fire ones here. Uh, defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi visiting with the Jets. He was there a couple days, but I don't believe he signed yet. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's happened. And linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski signed a one-year deal with Atlanta. So Ogunjobi's still out there. I don't believe he signed. And Kwiatkowski now- signs that. Ogunjobi, correct me if I'm wrong, because I need to look back, but did he not try to sign with Chicago and fail to physical or yep. something? And then they brought okay, in Ju- Yep, yep, you're right. And then they brought in Justin Jones. Yep, yep. After. And, uh, and then that Jones. left him hanging, so he's looking yep. for a home. So, yep. But that would be, and I'm sure we're going to get into it in this episode with everything the Jets is doing, if they could – Pick him up and plug him inside next to uh, Quinn and Williams, <laughs> with with uh, Carl Lawson and some of these rookies they got. Jets is fixing to get good quick on defense. Mm-hmm. They're they're fixing to be nasty, but we'll get into that in a little bit. And then yep. Kwiatkowski kind of there was rumors he was going back home to uh, Vegas yep. where he saw some yep. success, and then uh, I don't know exactly what happened. Change of heart or physicals or whatever he's in atlanta which is uh, I, I don't want to dig too much into the rookie side but the, and i know we're quick firing here but for kwitikowski i think his success is going to be this year so if you've got him on your team you i would kind of look at him getting off to a hot start maybe down there well, he's got to beat to out Rashawn him. Evans, Michael Walker, yep. Deion yep. Jones. I mean, Jones yep. spot. If he's still there, there's some rumors floating around. Deion Jones may not be around. Blah right. blah blah. And director Troy Anderson, yeah. who we'll get right. into. So it's a crowded room. So it's if he it's does anything up. good early. You might want to trade him. Is kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, exactly. I, I you know, Kwiatkowski couldn't couldn't get her done in in Vegas, and right. um, you know, I think he's a way- head piece mostly is what this yeah. is. I agree with that. Yep. Yep, doesn't move the needle much, I agree. Um, the Raiders signed linebacker Kenny Young to a one-year deal, and they also declined a fifth-year option on safety Jonathan Abram. And they, I believe they also – yeah, they did uh, decline Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option as well. So Yeah. Um, yeah, Kenny Young, just a – Kenny Young is what Kenny Young is at this point. Yeah. 
It was a one hit wonder when he blew up that one big year and well then he, he had the Rams thing where he took over that role and yeah you know he was producing early because that's a very uh, IDP right. um, conducive role there for production and then he lost out on that and anytime yeah. you're losing snaps to Troy Reader that's never good that tells you right. what you need to know and um, yeah now he's I depth piece you know not really excited about Kenny Young at all. Um, right. Anything else on uh, Abram or anything? I, I'm kind of surprised they could Abram. Um, well, they didn't cut him. They're just not. Uh, they're not org back there, but yeah, they're. I mean, they just they didn't cut him, but they just declined his. Or not cut him. I mean, they, yeah. they didn't pick up his um, right. option, right. and they didn't really. Nah, he's just been hurt, right? He's always there. In the draft and right. I don't know if they're looking at maybe trying to do something free agent wise or. Well, I was kind of surprised that they didn't pick up his option, though. I, I thought maybe picking up the option, you get him for another year on a cheap deal. So with no real replacement in-house or on your roster, why not go ahead and give him that fifth year <clears throat> and get somebody in there? Because they didn't they've not done anything that I've seen to address the situation when he's gone. So right. just yeah, to kind of a little deal and and maybe this is a josh mcdaniels i didn't draft you i don't care you're out of here type thing because we see that happen a lot so yep yep exactly um after being unable to trade away cornerback james bradbury the giants decided to cut him this week um somebody's gonna get a good player right (laughs) they couldn't figure out a way to deal him for anything and that's been coming for a while i have seen this rumored for geez kyle probably since the Super Bowl, I mean, really, right. I, we've seen it's been hanging really around for a while. Yeah, yeah, it has, and that's one thing about the NFL when they're not stupid, right? They know when when rumors hit the fan that you're looking to cut him or move on from him. Teams are like, "Well, we ain't going to trade for him. You're going <laughs> to cut him, and we'll pick him up." So, well, and that's, that, that's what up. you're seeing here. Everybody and their mama knew that you were going. If you didn't trade him, you were going to cut him. So why right. would they trade for him where they can get right. him at a, a more friendly deal? So, yep, no, nope. absolutely. Yeah, like you said, they they know the deal. They know that you, you you're gonna cut him, so they'll just pick him up. And somebody's gonna get a good player. Bradbury's solid out there. So, um, Baltimore Ravens head coach Jim Harbaugh said earlier this week that safety Chuck Clark was a big part of this team, and he's planning on Chuck being here. That's after rumors that they were looking to move on from from Chuck Clark. Well, that and when you draft uh, a guy named Kyle Hamilton, the only good right. Kyle I've ever met, by the way. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Kyle Hamilton fell, fell right into their lap. And, uh, <laughs> at least there's one good Kyle out there, right? There's one good Kyle, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean this. Um, all jokes aside, definitely something to watch. Chuck Clark was was the guy that rocked the green dot for him and, and ran the defense, so he was a big part of. You know, Chuck Clark never quite hit the IDP production that many had hoped. I know I was one. He's been okay, but he, you know, he never. He's not a uh, DB one by any means or anything, or you know, he never really like took that next big step. But he's he's okay, but uh, he's important to that Baltimore defense as the guy who's the play caller. So it'll be it's interesting to see what they do with 
you know, Hamilton coming in and a little bit of uh, buzz floating around, Chuck Clark on the move, and then Harbaugh comes out and says they plan on him being there. So just right. – <laughs> We'll get into the Kyle Hamilton thing here a little later, but I see this as a good thing, having him with Clark. Right. Because, um, like you said, Clark, more the dot um, for them – Ran that, uh, helped run that defense. I could see that same uh, scenario again this year. Sure. And then move Kyle Hamilton over to free safety. Let him play next to uh, Clark. <sighs> That's a hell of a one-two back there at safety. Mm-hmm. And with right. the range and Kyle Hamilton has with the range and the way he plays, he could be something special. But like I said, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But Absolutely. I like this for the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, free agent linebacker KJ Wright said he hopes to go back home and sign with Seattle. Um, obviously, uh, you know Wright Wright had a, had a good amount of success there um, before he left last year, and uh, um, so that's something to keep an eye on, right? Because you got Jordan Brooks, the rising star of Jordan Brooks, and we're all excited about Cody Barton. Um, filling in for that Bobby Wagner spot since they didn't really haven't really addressed it otherwise. So yeah, keep an eye on KJ, right. If he comes back home to the Seahawks, right. Yeah. Um, free agent defensive tackle, the Dominican Sue could still resign with Tampa despite them drafting Logan Hall. Yeah. I mean, uh, I like Logan Hall. He's super versatile player. Um, can do a lot of things along that front, uh, you know, Dominican Sue granted he's, he's older now, but I mean, they're all coming back. Brady's coming back, so I wouldn't be surprised to yeah. see. Your and boy, your, just about your as boy. good as he ever was, really. I mean, I know he's older, but the the last couple of years with uh, the Rams and uh, Tampa Bay, he's kind of bounced back. You know, bounced back. Yeah. Of course, it helps when you're playing with Aaron Donald and Tom Brady and on various teams. You know, that makes a difference. But uh, right, I could see all them right. bringing him back again on a one year deal. Letting Logan Hall get ready and uh, and grooming because this kind of kind of loading up for a last ride deal with a lot of these guys. Yep. No matter what happens with Brady, I, I don't think they're going to be able to bring all these guys back again. So right. we'll see what happens. And if he doesn't sign with Tampa and go somewhere else, um, whoever gets him is likely going to be a contender because I don't see him just going anywhere. Um, and they're going to get a good player still that can control mm-hmm. the front, you know, control the offensive line, control running lanes. He's going to get you some pressure on the inside. So, yeah, I, I mean, we'll see where it goes. I hope he goes back to Tampa because I think he's a good fit next to Bay and between mm-hmm. JPP and, and those guys with those linebackers behind him. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I dig that for sure. The Los Angeles Chargers signed linebacker Kyle Van Noy to a one-year deal. Um, and then the Atlanta Falcons re-signed defensive tackle Grady Jarrett to a three-year deal worth up to $67 million. So the Chargers bring in the old vet Kyle Van Noy, and the Falcons what? lock up one of their own here. What are you doing with Van Noy? He's been a decent fantasy option in the past, not a world beater, but he's had his moments. And What are you doing with the Chargers linebacker unit in general? Right. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of my point, and I don't – I don't know what you're doing with them, actually. Any right. of them on your roster. I, guess. I tell you what, Kenneth Murray has been a disappointment so far. 
It, yeah, well, he did. He had an okay. Well, you know, the thing was his rookie season. He was fine. He had, you know, he hit the hundred tackle mark, and he, he struggled. But it's like you give him a break. He's a rookie. Then Brandon Staley system come. You know, Brandon Staley comes in, brings his system. There's a lot of. I was on the, the Kenneth Murray train. I, you know, he was. They were excited about using him as a blitzer, which I thought he could do well. And they were they had all these plans to do this stuff with their defense. And he just never picked up the scheme. That's not good. And he struggled last Bruh. year. So I don't know. You know, is he going to figure it out? I don't know. Um, I do know that. They signed Troy Reader. Troy Reader's not good. He's 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 a guy who'll get you tackles for IDP wise, but as a player, he's he's limited. You know, he's not going to hold up in coverage. He's a he's a box plugger. But um, I the guy, you know, the guy that I'm interested in getting if I can in in drafts or on the cheap or throwing is Drew Tranquil. Um, because Tranquil when he when he's out there, he's he just I mean he struggled with injury, but he's kind of got a solid all around game and I. I think he could be uh, he could be a nice player this year if he can stay healthy. Yeah, and he's a great so. special teams ace too. I mean, he gets a lot of tackles on special teams. So, yeah, if he can stay healthy and and, and work his way into that a starting role, I think he'd be all right. Um, yeah, I, I would be honestly. I'm not keeping him as nah, you know if he's nah, a fourth he's, or fifth linebacker, I'm okay with that. But right. if you're asking any more of him and that for your fantasy teams, you're in trouble. So, right. No. Yep. Yeah, it's uh. You know, the, the Chargers linebacker unit, it's not a fun group to figure out right now. And the Grady Jarrett deal, that's a perfect example of an NFL-only type deal. Yeah. Um, yep. That's yep. not helping you in fantasy at all because he doesn't get you any pressure. He had the one big year, I think yep. it was in Atlanta, and he's still getting deals off of that. So good run stopper <laughs> gets it. Gets it uh, he is. Um, that's been what four or five years ago and he's still getting huge deals off that. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, Atlanta's front sucks too. That's what I was going to say. Of course, Atlanta has absolutely garbage on their roster. So, well, I mean, before the draft, I guess if you're going to give somebody money, you might as well give it to him, you know? Absolutely. They brought in some talent on the draft, you know, uh, and, uh, D'Angelo Malone. And I mean, they brought some guys in, but like before, you know, Ebiketti's, um, that's a that's our boy Dooge. That's that's a Dooge favorite right there. Oh yeah, he was he yeah. was on the Ebiketti train early, so yep. got to give him props yep. there. Um, yeah, they're they're adding some talent to it, but that Atlanta front has been bad for a while. That's um, been horrible. Our, to cap, yeah, to, yeah, for sure. To to cap off the news and notes, we got three Houston signings here. So Houston <laughs> first, Houston, the Houston Texans signed free agent. Defensive end Jerry Hughes, who has 58 career sacks in 12 seasons. The Houston Texans signed defensive end Mario Addison to a two-year deal. The Houston Texans traded – oh, I sorry, I said three signings. One of them was a trade. The Houston Texans traded defensive back Lonnie Johnson to the Kansas City Chiefs for a 2024 seventh-round pick. Yeah. So, uh, right off the bat, it's like, oh, the, the old Bills pass rushers – yeah, go to go to the Texans. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and it's uh, ugh. and I don't think either of them are gonna be standouts. I guess if I had to pick one of the two, I'm going Mario Addison because I think he's a better run stopper, uh, just a little better fit, can play inside if he needs to. Jerry Hughes, I, I think he's basically done, um, and Addison's not far behind him. I, I'm not looking. Unless you're in a super deep league and you've got a lot of injuries, I'm not touching either one of them. I'm just uh, – yeah, no, I 
you know, the, the pass rusher that I'm interested there is just Jonathan Grenard for sure. Um, yeah. Like Houston, they, <laughs> maybe, you know, it just, it looks like Lovey Smith just wanted to bring in a bunch of veterans this off season. You got Hughes and Addison and bring in Neville Hewitt and bring back. Well, I mean, I get Cruz, Hill was, was a, a plus for them last year. The guy that was a plus for IDP managers, but then they bring back Christian Kirksey and they're just like, yeah, I'm trying to figure these signings out. Maybe you just want maybe Lovey Smith wants some veteran pass rushers to show a couple of the young guys. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Maybe he's wanting that veteran presence to kind of start the season with <clears throat> until yeah. we can get these young guys and see what he's got and right. get them where they need to be. And then yep. I gotta imagine once the young guys are up to speed and he's gotta just kind of gotta throw them into the fire, right? Um I don't think if you're Houston, you don't have a lot of time to wait as bad as your roster is. Uh, kind of same thing with Atlanta. You, you know, if these kids are as good as you think they are, then you got to get them out there and get them going, right? You, you mm-hmm. get them now, get the growing pains out of the way, let them learn. Because I don't, there's no better tri- uh, learning than on the field training, right? So, yeah, I mean, um, they they got a roster that. I always liked the uh, when you do the the mock draft simulators, and they have the team needs thing. And, oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and Houston's just said everything, all positions. <laughs> it, it literally <laughs> did. I remember seeing that. I was like, because I forget who I was looking. I was looking at two or three, and you know, they mean yeah. defensive ends or offensive linemen and running backs or whatever. And yeah. I get to Houston, and it says, yeah, everything. all, <laughs> yeah, all, yes. <laughs> But yeah, that's it. That's that'll do it for news and notes, man. Fantastic work as always, Hollywood. Well, you know, you put it all together. I, do what I, just, I can. I read the beautiful notes you left me. That's all. Uh, you know, I, I do what I can. You know, I know. You know, always depend on you. I get you it. Know. I get it. I get it. But no, good job. Great hey, job. Thanks, buddy. Um, gotta pay a few bills before we get to our main event, and this is what this is. What everybody's kind of waiting for, but um, yeah, check out Action Twenty Four Seven. They're one of our biggest sponsors. Uh, you know, go over for Tennesseans, buy Tennesseans. They cover everything: uh, baseball, basketball, football, hockey. Hockey playoffs are on. Football, our baseball, our basketball playoffs are on. Uh, Dallas is absolutely throttling Phoenix right now in a game seven. This is unbelievable. Uh, this may be one of the worst blowout game sevens I've ever seen. This, this it's, is, uh, uh, and it's an upset too. So, Phoenix was what a one seed, two seed. Uh, they were up there. Yeah, they might. Yeah, be they there. were a one or two seed. But anyway, they are. Uh, they're down forty two at the moment. So, unbelievable. Not looking good. But you can go over and check those out. You can make those bets on those. Like I said, soccer, you know, they do some AAA stuff. They got the USFL on out there now, Formula One, racing, darts, ping pong. Ping pong. You name it. You name it. They got it. So uh, go check them out. Anytime you make a deposit, your first initial deposit, if you'll use the promo code Hollywood100, <clears throat> they will match your first deposit up to 400 bucks. So if you put in 400, they're going to give you 400, 800 bucks. Uh, to gamble with, and that's a that's a boatload right there. So that's awesome. Um, we want to thank my fantasy league for running all of our um, listener leagues. 
um, you know, our two MFA, our uh, IDP Nation Leagues and now our WIDP Grind League that we started last year. That's on MFA. Of course, the college side side is on fan tracks because they're the only one doing that. But um, MFL is so good with uh, charity leagues and helping back in the community and all that. So we want to thank them. <clears throat> and then always, um, we've got other sponsors. If you'll go over to our IDPNation.com page now, uh, it's got all of our podcasts. It's got all of you know our articles we're putting up, uh, all kinds of good stuff. So there's a whole page you can click on sponsors and it'll take you straight to it actually 24 sevens there and the fails there um <laughs> gothicjewelry.com's there go over check all them out use the discounts trophy smacks there so if you're looking for something for your league champions they got everything belts plaques trophies nice stuff too <laughs> yeah it, it's nice quality stuff so go check them out and as always you're always helping support us, so we thank you on that. And um, also the link to our Patreons there. You know, if you can't get enough of me and Kyle, we do a Patreon. <laughs> where we, <laughs> I don't know that anybody's ever said that, but, you not know. Not to me. <laughs> not to me either, but just in case, you know, there we've got the Patreon yeah. going on. Kyle just put up his uh, top ten at each position after the draft, which was really good. Um, nice work on that. I, hey, thanks, man. We, we had a lot of similarities. Uh, I had a few that was a little bit different, but that may be something I post here in a few days and try to do. But, uh, yeah, that's up. Uh, we've got the spreadsheet that I do for um, the IDP rookie drafts where everybody sends me their IDP rookie drafts. I've got that average draft position charted. and So that started, I think there's like two or three already. So now that the drafts are rocking and rolling, those will be coming in. So, Go check all that out, and um, I hope you enjoy it. Let us know what you like and don't like, and we appreciate you on all that. Absolutely. Now, we are getting to the main event. We had talked about, before our little hiatus there, we had talked about mock draft stuff, and anytime you talk mock drafts, it's kind of hard to predict. You're kind of guessing, right? Well, this little thing called the NFL draft happened while we were away. I don't know if you people have heard about it, but it, it, it's it's sort of a big deal from what I hear. Right, right. And uh, it's in the books now, and we thought we would go over <clears throat> at least the first round, maybe the second round tonight if we've got time. Looks like we're doing pretty good so far. So um, we thought thought we would go over that and see actual landing spots, the impact maybe for not only the rookies, but other players. So um, we'll get right into it. The first pick um, of the NFL draft, it kind of changed. There was a lot of smoke screens out there. Um, but it um, they went with Trevon Walker from Georgia. Right, yeah. I mean, the whole thing was Hutchinson, you know, just talking betting lines. Hutchinson was the favorite for a long time, right? And then, mm -hmm. you know, it, it was always looking that way leading up, and then, boom, all of a sudden the buzz started coming that it was going to be Chavon Walker. You know, he did blow up the combine and this and that. And then as we got closer okay. to the draft, it, it was just even more buzz around him going first. And, um, they uh, 
they definitely uh, they, they went they went upside because you know I I just would have uh, I I mean I I would have went Aiden Hutchinson personally I'm a huge Hutchinson fan but um, you know the thing is is Jacksonville is going to do Jacksonville stuff I like Tremont Walker as a player but uh, I'm still wondering if you know. It's always tough when it's more of a projection pick, right? He's got the the measurables, the athleticism, everything stacks up. Just not a ton, not a ton of production at Georgia, so it um, it's 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 a bit of a question mark in that regards. But I do like the player, and I think that the upside is huge with him. It's just a matter of him developing his pass rush plan, and and really hitting the the ceilings that they think he can hit as a pass rusher, right? Because that's what you want out of the first overall pick is a guy who gets to the quarterback. I think he's a good run defender, and I think he can play across the line. He's a really good three-tech. You know, he, I think he can hold up out wide, and I think he's a good run defender in, in both spots. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've talked a lot about Jamal Walker. I'm just trying to gather my thoughts together. Bottom line is I think he's a really good player. Wait, oh, he is a pro- bit of a projection with big upside, and they they took the big swing, right? Jacksonville, they ah. they, took, they took the big swing and, instead of taking Hutchinson. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought this was a reach a little bit. Uh, like you said, they're going on the projected uh, trail there. Um, you know, sometimes these teams draft based on ceiling more than floor, which I think is the wrong way to look at it. Um, me, I'm always looking for, you know, what's your floor? What are you going to give me that I can count on week to week? And is that better than player B or player C? Um, and if it is, then fine. If it's not, I'm not going to say, you know, well, you're projected to be a lot better, so I'm going to take you. I just, I, for me, that's I, I've never liked teams that did that. Um, Tennessee's done it before, and I, I, I'm just not a big guy on that. I want the safe floor. An example of Kyle Hamilton. You know what you're going to get out of him. Um, I just thought they were better pass rushers in this class, and to take Walker at, at, with the very first pick. I thought that was a reach, um, which it's Sucksonville, so I'm okay with that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's, seriously, I mean, I, I just thought yeah. they were at least three better pass rushers than him, and that just kind of that was kind of a shock. But I wasn't surprised because about a week before the draft, I started hearing this, and yeah. everywhere I looked, that kind of seemed to be the norm. Um, apparently, the ownership and and coaching staff were kind of split on this and um they were kind of i I want to think right up till draft day they were debating who they were going to take and and, and yeah i mean at least days up to it it was still out there that they were split right you know and the thing is is you know i i get it people think it's a reach and i'm not i don't disagree at all i i do like javon walker the player i did before this all happened as well, not that I was this high on him to start with, but I the more I watched him, the more I heard about him, the more I liked. I, I started to get it, you know, because the production wasn't great at all. But you watched him, and the, he did a little bit of everything at Georgia, and in this, you know, six five two seventy with thirty five inch arms. I mean, 
the dude's got, you know, he's got the explosiveness. The, he's a, he, he's got speed to get upfield. He's got length to keep himself clean, and he just he's got everything. It, it just he needs to develop a pass rush plan. That's the biggest thing, you know. Right. He's a speed to speed to power guy, and you need a little more than that. But um, yeah, it's a big swing, right? If he hits the the marks that they think he can, sure, the pick's gonna look great. But I, I just what what yeah, wouldn't, I mean, have been he, for, wouldn't have been for me, he, but yeah, if he hits what they think, then they're going to come out looking like geniuses, right? So, right. Um, yeah. I just it's just hard for me to think that way, and I don't think you're going to find many people that's even professionals that are going to think, hey, he's better than Thibodeau and Hutchison and Jermaine Johnson, and right. That's why I say it was a reach, especially at 101. But oh, no, I, I think he's it, a yeah. first-round talent for sure, Absolutely. but I think they could have oh, traded yeah. back and got him and, and maybe picked up some stuff. So, Yeah, they got their guy. Uh, it is what it is, right? Yep. yep. So here at number two, we got the Detroit Lions. And, I, and before I go any further, me and, and Dooge and Chop had a little bet going on We where we were predicting the first round. And uh, I've still got it somewhere. I'd have to dig it up. But I hit the first eight picks, by the way. The first eight? The first eight before I missed. Really? Yes. Good for I, you. I've got a screenshot of it somewhere, but I nailed I the first it. eight. Wow. Yeah, nailed the first eight before uh, I missed my first one. So, uh, But anyway, w- we had talked about this. If for some reason that uh, Saxonville screwed this up and didn't take Hutchison, <laughs> That Detroit should run to the uh, podium, and they did and break a, and they did. I yeah. I have to believe that when they announced Travon Walker, yeah, I think they had to go into a cardiac arrest because I don't think they believed that this was happening. So, yeah, um, you get the local in-state kids staying home. Yeah. Uh, you're filling a huge need, and just think of all the merchandise. I know that's not why you draft a player, but. Just think of the jerseys and and all the stuff that he's going to sell. It just lined up too perfectly for them. And um, probably the best – well, I think he's the second best pass rusher. A lot will say he's the first. Um, But most people thought he was going 101, and you get him at 102. So that's just an absolute steal for Detroit. Major upgrade at a position of need. Um, you got to love this pick for him. Yeah, no, they, and they like you said they ran to the to the podium with the cards. So, I I think it, this was awesome for Detroit to get Hutchinson to fall in his lap. Michigan kid, um, yeah. great player. I think Hutchinson is is I've talked about it enough on here, I'm sure, in other places. But uh, I, I think he's just so well rounded, and you know he had the spike in sack production this year. He really put it all together, and I love his overall game. And um, I I just I think. He, he's a Dan Campbell guy. There's no doubt about it, right? Um, he's going to fit right into their what they got going there, what they're building and they're I mean, they're quietly putting together a, a nice front. You know, they're investing draft cap, substantial draft capital into it by taking Hutchinson at two, and and they another guy we'll talk to at some point talk about is Josh Pascal out of Kentucky. They took in the second round. Another yep. defensive end. And then last year they, they brought in Levi Muzurike and Ali McNeil in, in yep. uh, um 
in, on day they're both day two picks. Then you have guys like they brought back Charles Harris. You get Romeo Aquara coming back healthy this year after he got hurt last year. They got Julian Aquara. I mean, they actually got some guys, right? You know, you got some young guys that need to pan out yet, but they're investing into that into that front. So, um, but Hutchinson is uh, he's a stud, and he's my um, he was my number one edge. He still is, and he's my number one overall IDP out of this uh, this rookie class. I, I like the yep. spot, and I think you're going to get really nice production out of him as a rookie. Yep. And if you want to bot kneecaps off, this is the guy you want to do it with right here. Oh, so. oh yeah. He'll get you a couple kneecaps. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, love this pick for them. Number yep. three, um, Houston, Derek Stingley Jr. Um, I had them going uh, – this was actually one of the tougher picks for me for a while – and because uh, I had them maybe going offensive line, uh, maybe going looking at a pass rusher, because I, I really thought Thibodeau might be the big play here for them if yeah. Hutchison was gone. And honestly, just listening to local radio, I tuned in, you know, I listened to t- Titans radio and I'm messing around with all the AFC South, you know, Houston and all that and had – Tuned into Houston about um, three or four days before the draft, and they were talking that one of the guys that I really like down there that reports and trusts a little bit, he was saying, don't be surprised if Stingley Jr. isn't the pick here because Lovey Smith, he wants that shut down corner for his cover two defense. That's what he's played everywhere he's been, Chicago, even in college at Illinois. He's always got that shut down corner. That allows him to do what he wants to do with his cover two defense, and I was sitting, I was like, you know, that really makes sense, and I, but I couldn't wrap my head around getting Stingley in the top five. I was like, well, you still got Gardner, and there's some other corners, you know, Kyler Gordon and McDuffie, and will a corner really go this high? And I was like, but that makes sense. So I, I put him down, and uh, I, I, they were right, and I got it right. So thank them for that. But for the defense, this is this is a huge. Uh, roster upgrade for them. Uh, they have been hurting for a long time for some solid defensive backs, and if he's healthy, this is going to be uh, a major upgrade for them. Yeah, I, I agree. I like to pick, and this was another one that, like you said, right right before the draft, got a lot of a uh, lot of chatter going about Stingley going there. I I thought um, Thibodeau. A lot of the mocks that I had done, I had Thibodeau going there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it makes it makes a ton of sense. Like you said, it, Houston gets their potential shutdown corner. I like Stingley. Um, he, I think it's a high upside pick, and I like it for. Uh, it's a pre, premier premium position, right? You got to yep. have a shutdown corner, so I, I like this. A lot. I like this pick a lot for Houston. Yep, me too. Um, here's one that I had kind of talked about happening. I just didn't think it would be this high. The Jets took Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the corner from Cincinnati, um, who, depending on who you talk to, some think he was the top corner, some think Stingley was. I thought the Jets were in play for Gardner. I just didn't think it would be at four, and I didn't think we would see back-to-back corners at three and four. I thought we would see them more in that seven through 15 range after what we've seen last year with teams – jumping to trade up for corners 
I guess they felt like if they didn't do that this year, then if they didn't get their guy early, then they weren't going to get him. But right, uh, the Jets did take Gordner. Um, I nailed this one too. This was one that I kind of uh, kind of was listening and checking around, and I thought, well, you know, the pass rush class is a little deeper than the corner class as far as quality, and I thought, you know they can get their pass rusher still at whatever it was, nine or 10 or wherever they drafted right. next. But um, I like this for them. I know they've got Brandon Eccles who they drafted last year from Kentucky, a, a good solid corner. They've got uh, Michael Carter, the safety back there. So now you get this shutdown corner. Uh, this is a big piece for Robert Saul and his defense. If they yep. can get a, a shut, if they, if he can be that shutdown corner, then everything else they've got on defense will come together. This I'm really impressed with what the Jets did, and this defense is going to be, as uh, long as they're healthy, this defense is going to be something this year, I think. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I like this. I Actually, this is one of the picks I got right in my mock draft. <laughs> um, it just made a ton of sense. I like Sauce as well. Um, I think uh, – you gotta love the size. He's six three, long arms. Uh, he ran. The, he ran a. What the heck was his forty time? Four four forty, I believe. It was fast. Yeah, it was, he, he, it was fast. He ran a good time. He's got size. He's got length, and he's got the uh, you know like Stingley. He's got the ability to be a lockdown corner. And it, it makes a ton of sense. Robert Sala needed one, and like I just said with Stingley, say it again. It's premium, premier, premium position. And when you think you got a guy who could be the guy for your defense to lock down. Lockdown corner, you got to get him. And I like this pick for the Jets a lot. So makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, makes perfect sense. Um, crazy to think that corners went three and four, but that's what we had. And yep. um, when Houston didn't take Thibodeau, my thinking, well, well, if they already jumping for Stingley, then the Jets are probably going to take Gardner because they can still get Thibodeau or one of these other pass rushers at 10 or whatever it was. Right. So that's kind of why I went with Gardner, and I hit it. Um, staying in New York, we go to the Giants. Once I mm-hmm. made that decision, it was a no-brainer for me that the Giants was going to take Thibodeau if he was there. They needed a pass rusher. I know they have Oz- Aziz Ojolare last year, and – this is going, and he turned out to be a really good pick for them. Uh, you know, did great as a rookie. Now you're getting a stud pass rusher to put on the opposite side of him, and they're going to funnel a lot of tackles to Blake Martinez and and Xavier McKinney up the middle. So, um, at five, you're getting arguably the best player in the draft defensively. A lot of people had Thibodeau up that high. Uh, I mm-hmm. had him at two. I thought he was the best pass rusher, but I had him uh, at two just behind Kyle Hamilton. Um, you know, there is one good Kyle in the, that we know of. So Yeah, at least one anyway. At least one. But, uh, yeah, I, I, for me, it was a no-brainer. If he's there, you got to take him. Yeah, this is a nice pick for the Giants, getting Thibodeau at five for sure. Um, he was my number two edge behind – our pastor, sure, I'm going to call it behind Hutchinson, but it was close. I really like both players. I, th- I think they're both going to be really good. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know, the Giants add another pass rusher to their to their defense. 
um, to pair with Aziz Ojolari, Leonard Williams. Um, you know, Wink Martindale's taking over the defense, and he gets a nice piece here to work with at Thibodeau. And um, I I really like this pick a lot for them. It, they, they, You know, that the defense needs a little juice up front, and I think uh, <laughs> Thibodeau certainly brings that. And that dude is just full of charisma, right, all his post, uh, <laughs> post-draft uh, interviews and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, think Thibodeau is going to – really do well there um in, in new york paired with a couple of other guys i already have and um you know like you said blake comes back healthy and xavier mckinney takes the leap that we think he can because i think he's a really good player and yep. um yeah i i like this pick a lot for the giants so um yeah I, I think thibodeau is gonna be he's a stud he's gonna be good yep so that takes us through the first five then we'd have to wait a little bit before we got to our next IDP, um, and I'll run through these right quick. Actually, I told you wrong. I didn't hit the first eight. I hit the first seven because eight Atlanta is where I, I got uh, turned around. But six was the Panthers. They took Akeem Ekawunu. A lot of people thought maybe they would take uh, Pickett here. Um, but didn't happen. They go offensive tackle. The Giants pick again. Uh, with them getting Thibodeau, they're a team that always picks – in the trenches. That's where they want to win. They have been for as long as I can remember, no matter who the coach is or GM, they want trenches. So they took the tackle Evan Neal. So that was huge. Atlanta at eight took our first offensive weapon, Drake London, the receiver from USC, Seattle at nine. I thought maybe this would be quarterback possibly. And, uh, a little side note, me and dude, on day two, watched uh, the second and third round, and we couldn't believe how these quarterbacks slid and fell. It was that was just insane. But uh, they take an offensive uh, lineman here, uh, our Charles Cross. The Jets come back and get a receiver in Garrett Wilson. I thought they would take a pass rusher there with them getting Sauce Gardner at four. I thought they would come back and get their pass rusher here at ten. I was right and I was wrong. They got their pass rusher and they got the pass rusher I thought they would take. <laughs> and they got him in the first round. It just wasn't at 10. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the Saints at 11 took Chris Olive, the receiver. Um, Detroit comes back in a trade-up and gets Jam- Jameson Williams, the star speedster wideout from Alabama. So we would wait eight picks and then Philadelphia comes to the board. And they take the big man from Georgia, Jordan Davis. I felt like that's who they would take. I actually hit this one because, again, we know how they operate. They love big guys on the inside. Fletcher you hit this Cox one too? Aging. Yeah, I hit this one too. Nice. Uh, Fletcher Cox is aging. Brandon Graham's getting a little age on him. Uh, you know, Barnett and and Sweat hasn't really panned out like they thought. Um, they do have – Javon Hargrave or Grove. So I think getting Jordan Davis here was a, was a huge pick for them. You can let him play behind those veterans and and he'll play a lot more than just a backup, but he'll be, he'll have a solid impact for, uh, for Philly. Yeah. I mean, Davis is a huge dude that can move and, you know, you can put him at nose and, and, uh, 
just let him destroy the middle. He's gonna they're gonna have to account for him. They're gonna have to dedicate, you know, those inside doubles to him and you know, let let Hargrave go to work too, which I like for him. Um, but yeah, I mean Har- um Hargrave Davis is just a monster of a man. And uh thing is, you know, with with him, I'm curious to see when he you know, well, it might be a bit of a rotation with Fletcher Cox returning, obviously, and everything. But like in it during in his career as it goes on here, how many snaps a game does he get? Because at Georgia, we know he played, you know, 25, 30 snaps, whatever. What kind of? I mean, he looks he's in great shape um, from what I've seen. He was in great shape at the combine. He looks great now, and he's a big explosive dude. Um, just curious. That that's the biggest thing for me. I'm just very curious to see what kind of uh you know snap load he can he can hold up with you know being effective but great it's a good pick i mean he's he's gonna change the inside of your defense like i said you got if he's lined up in the in the a gap or the nose or wherever you want to put him inside as a zero whatever whatever they want to do with him um he's gonna be a problem and he's the he's the guy that can eat those doubles and keep your guys clean and he can do some work himself so i'm I like the pick. makes It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I was curious to where he would land, uh, fantasy wise, because I'm thinking, you know, if you're playing in position specific leagues, that's going to be a big impact on where and when you draft him in your rookie drafts, or even if you do draft him. And I think him landing in Philly just solidified his value for me. He's the top defensive tackle in this draft. Um, He's gonna be able. He's gonna be somebody that you can play in dynasty for a long time. You just yeah. plug him in and, and let him play. You know, if he'd have went somewhere where he's trying to carry the load, I don't know that I like that as well. But you put him in Philly with some of those pieces where he can learn and play with. Mm-hmm. I, I like it better for him. No, I like him too. It's just the only thing is, is you know, like I said, he's more of a nose tackle type, which isn't always great for production, but. Um, I'm just, you know, cause he's more, is he going to play one tech? Is he going to play head up? What, you know, what is he going to do? But, um, that and, and what kind of snapshot does he, can he handle? So, but I, I mean, I like the player a lot. I think, you know, a guy six, a man, six, six, three forty running that crazy explosive, oh my God, uh, that was insane. 40 time four, with the 10 yard split. Yeah. And he's, yeah. He, four, it was four, eight or four, seven, nine or whatever it was, but, uh, it's just insane. Insane. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I like him too for uh, you know for IDP and in your true position leagues where you start defensive tackles or defensive tackle premium. Definitely, you know, draft him and I would taxi him here and, and see what it, kind of a workload he gets early on and always utilize exactly. And you know, it's always the worry with those nose tackles is you know how how much production can they really produce because they have to deal with just deal with double teams and being in the mess all the time, but. I, I like Davis as well, but yeah, just you know, yeah. few reservations as far as things I want to see. The yeah. the snap the the snap share thing is going to be big for me with him. I want to yeah. see when yeah, when he gets going, like what kind of what, what's his week to week, you know. But yep. Anyway, on to the next guy, the the only Kyle oh. that you've ever liked. The only Kyle that I ever liked, yes. And man, I had said this before that if he fell this far, there's no way that Baltimore would pass on him. Mm. He just seemed to be their type of guy. I had him mocked to Atlanta, I think at eight or whatever it was. That's where I messed up. I think that was my first miss or whatever. Cause I just could not wrap my head around 
the best defensive player in the draft falling out of the top 10. And then sure. seeing with, you know, the corners and stuff going, I was like, man, there's no way he's, he's making it out of the top 10, but he did. And then, you know, as we noted, playing with Chuck Clark, this is just a no-brainer for Baltimore. He's going to be able to, to let them do so many things defensively, schematically, because of his abilities to come up and play the run, to drop in coverage with his range, his speed, his ability to hit, physicality. Um, this might be the best value of the first round right here. Yeah, I mean – Baltimore's to sit at 14 and get Kyle Hamilton falling right in their laps. It's pretty uh pretty dang nice, man. Um I yeah, can't argue with you there. This is uh it's a good pick for them. I I had him going earlier as well. I think uh where did I have him go? Might have been around 10 or 11. I don't remember. It might have been Washington. I'm not even sure. Don't remember. But I had him going a few picks. I, I had him marked a number of places, and I just couldn't yeah. find where I wanted to He was a tough one to fit in when it got close to the draft with the corners yeah. coming up. And, you know, but, um, yeah, I love this. This entire draft Baltimore put together, they just sat back and got value all the way across yep. the board. They crushed it, man. Yeah, they did. Um, they killed it. Yeah, I mean, you know, they signed Marcus Williams um, this offseason, paid him pretty well. You know, he's a free safety. He's a, he's a guy who plays deep, plays some depth, and he covers up the back end. Um, so, you know, he's going to see the field. They paid him. Um, we'll see what they do with Chuck Clark. I, I don't really know what's going to happen exactly, but I do know Kyle Hamilton will find a way on the field. <laughs> yep, it's, for sure. It's, it's, uh, it's going to happen. He's too good. So um, I'm excited. I, and I think – you know, Dynasty wise, Kyle Hamilton's going to be a a, a nice uh, safety asset for you for for years. Just draft him and enjoy yep. it. So, yep, just plug him in and let him go. Yep. Um. Then we would hit another little lull here on defense. So, Houston would be back up. They would take the offensive lineman King of Green. Washington would take wide receiver Jahan Dotson. The Chargers would take offensive lineman Zion Johnson. Uh. Tennessee, oh, let's just not even discuss this mess. Uh, they would take wide receiver Traylon Burks, and just mere seconds later, everybody realized that, no, they didn't draft him to pair with A.J. They <laughs> traded A.J. away. So, Yeah, uh, ouch, ouch, buddy. I, I, just, I feel for you. I don't understand. This draft <laughs> is it. just so wonky for me with the Titans. I just uh, – I can't, but anyway, I understand you can't pay him and and have Henry back there to contract he's making because he's fixing to break the bank when he comes up. So I guess it makes sense that you move on from AJ and draft somebody else. Um, the Saints would draft offensive tackle Trevor Penning. Pittsburgh, once Carolina didn't take Kenny Pickett, it started looking like it was going to happen, and it did. Pittsburgh got quarterback Kenny Pickett. I like that for them. Chiefs were up at 21. They go corner. Trent McDuffie from Washington. I actually like this. They need some secondary help. I know they've got some guys out there that's pretty good. But with everything that we've seen in the draft and free agency, especially in the AFC West, you better have some corners. You better have some defensive backs. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Chuck, Trent McDuffie's a really good player, too, and I, I like to pick a lot for Kansas yeah. City. Um, I think he's 
he's feisty as hell. He's good in zone. He's good in man. And I, this is a really good pick for Kansas City. I like it a lot. Yep, I do too. Excuse me, I got to yawn for a minute. Um, then we get to 22, and I got to say, hmm. I like this for you, Kyle. Backers, linebacker Quay Walker. Um, I like the pick. I would have liked it more if Lloyd was gone. I think Lloyd would have been a better pick for you guys. Um, but that's the thing, you know, Georgia won a national championship. They got all this great defense, so naturally their guys are going to come off the board early. But uh, where do you see Walker fitting in for your Packers? Do you like this? Do you hate it? Um, yeah, well, um, value-wise, you know, I'm still not sure that Walker at 22 is good value, uh, you know, whatever. But the the pick's in, and it is uh, it is what it is. And, you know, now we're – we're moving on and seeing what the plan is. What's next, right? What are we doing with the defense? And um, I was on the the big nickel pod with uh, our buddy, John Macri. Uh, shout out to Macri at PFF Macri. If you're not following him, um, change that. Follow John. He's one of the best. If, if you're looking for IDP, um, knowledge, knowledge, uh, tidbits, information he drops on Twitter, um, articles, all of it. And he's just a great guy. And uh, I, I was on with, with John a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about the linebackers, rookie linebackers. And so traditionally green Bay hasn't featured two full-time linebackers. And that didn't change when Joe Barry took over as defensive coordinator last year. Um, wow. Chris, Chris Barnes was the second quote unquote starting linebacker, right? Well, he, you know, he started, but um, he played 52% of the snaps, right? So far below um, a, a, a full full-time guy. Um, so, you know, the question is when they draft Quay Walker is, well, how many snaps is he going to get? Right. Since it's not a system that typically provides us two full-time linebackers for IDP, which you want guys that play snaps. It's just the name of the game, right? You get snaps, equal opportunity, equal tackles, equals making shit happen. Um, so immediately after the, you know, the pick in the presser, uh, general manager, Brian Gutenkust is talking about how. They obviously, obviously, they were big fans of Quay Walker because he was their number one linebacker on the board because he was the first one taken, and they had a big grade on him. And they said they feel Walker provides them the opportunity for defensive coordinator Joe Barry to sub less and stay in base and stay in nickel more and be more flexible in that regard. Okay. So that is exactly what you want to hear, right? You know, it, right. It, sound, it sounds like more two linebacker sets. They like. Walker Walker's basically a Devondre Campbell clone. You know, he's 6'4", yeah. 6'4", 230, big, long arms, um, athletic guy. Um, you know, he, he can blitz. He, they, they like his ability. Well, I mean, he's going to have to to catch up with the speed of the game, but they think he can, right. he can stay on in coverage downs. They like his work in the box. Like I said, they feel like they can use him as a blitzer. And the biggest thing for me is that the sounds of them wanting to sub less and – be able to leave two guys out there and Campbell and Quay Walker that can, that can hold up in every as- aspect of, of playing linebacker at different levels. So um, it, I'm excited about it. And it's, um, it's certainly, you know, I, I'm optimistic. Okay. You know, Chris Barnes played 500, some snaps, 52%. Well, Barnes is a limited player. He's a hell of a tackler, hell of an efficient tackler. When he's out there, he he stuffs the run, but he's not. He doesn't hold up in coverage. He doesn't offer a whole lot else. So it makes sense to take him off the field for a more of a coverage player, right? And that's what they did. And if they feel Quay Walker 
can stay out there and hold up in coverage and do different things with them, then they're saying everything we want to hear as far as getting a guy to play more snaps. But, um, you know, getting closer to an ideal snap share to be able to roll them out week to week. But, um, you know, I, I'm kind of – I'm optimistic, but I'm still tempering expectations um, as far as how many snaps does he play as a rookie if he shows he's ready. And that's the biggest thing, right, is he's got to show that he's ready to do all this stuff we're talking about. Um, but I think if he's ready and raring to go, I could see 700 to 750 snaps and put him in the 70% to 75% snap range, which is not quite – we'd like to see a little more, obviously, for IDP, but I think it's – it's a nice role for him that, you know, we, we could get some production out of. Um, and I think down the road he is the going to be the guy in Green Bay. But he's Campbell has signed that big five-year deal. He, he's a little older. He's 29, going to be 30, um, probably doesn't finish out his contract. But he's going to be there a little while. So it's going to take a little bit. But um, I'm, I'm excited about Quay Walker. And, you know, like I said, everything right now is they're saying the right things as far as that LB2 – the other starter spot in Green Bay, it looks to be, you know, they're gonna, there's gonna be more opportunity and more snaps for for Quay Walker. They want to keep him out there more than they traditionally have. And just one other note is, to me, with them re-signing Rasul Douglas, um, having Jair Alexander back, having Eric Stokes, you have those three, um, th- three corners. You, you know, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos at safety. There's no. There's nobody really behind them guys. Our, our depth chart at safety is just garbage behind those guys, and um, the, this defense just it, it just looks like they want to stay stay in nickel to me because they're talking about being able to keep two linebackers out there more, and they have the three corners. I mean, it sounds like Jair is going to slide in the slot a little bit outside. Obviously, he's going to play outside too. Rasul Douglas is going to play some in the slot. We can see Jair there, and Eric Stoltz is going to stay outside because that's more his game, and he, he played well last year. So um, I could ramble about the Packers a lot here, <laughs> as you can see. But I think, it, you know, obviously my fandom, I, I love talking about Green Bay, and I've been reading into it a lot. But I think there's a lot to um, take in IDP-wise by this pick because Green Bay doesn't traditionally feature two full-time linebackers. But right. to, me, to me, it looks like that's changing. Um, which is odd because in today's NFL, it's generally get coverage players on that extra linebackers yep. on the field. Um, so, anyway, they're saying the right things. It's just a matter of actually seeing it put, seeing it come to in, come to fruition, right, and seeing him out there for a better chunk of snaps. So. Good stuff. Um, Twenty-three Buffalo Bills, another corner, Kair Elam from Florida. Uh, I have. I did not expect this from them. Um, I just didn't think corner was a need really bad. I mean, they got well, Tredavious White and opposite uh, of him though. You're looking at what Dane Jackson Johnson. or yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, get it, but I thought they was some players that they could use here a lot better. That makes yeah. I mean, but you got to remember, Buffalo's got a pretty strong roster, so I mean, they do. They do. And McDermott's always been one to go. He's not always went with the grain, right? He's always kind exactly. of did his own thing. So I'm, yep. I'm not surprised at it, but I just had a, a second round grade on uh, Kair. So mm-hmm. it kind of shocked me when I seen his name pop up there because I just was not ready for that. Um, yeah. He could be busy. Corner, though. Long corner. Yeah. He can run. He can cover. So, yep. Yep. He, he could be busy playing opposite Tredavious White, too. So. Yeah, he'll be busy for sure. Um, 
especially with Poyer and um, uh, Micah Hyde back there. You know, you you're the weak link right now on those four. So yeah, yep. you're you're going to get targeted a lot. <laughs> um, Dallas took Tyler Smith, offensive tackle. Baltimore, and I would have gave anything for Tennessee to took this guy. Um, Tyler Lindenbaum, the center from Iowa. They, like you said earlier with him, they freaking nailed this first round. They nailed their whole draft, but these first two round picks, Linderbaum and Hamilton, you couldn't ask for two players with higher floors and a potential higher, just off the chart ceiling. So, um, and it fits what they want to do. You know, they want to run. They want Lamar Jackson. Well, they don't necessarily want him to run, but you got to protect him when he does run. Linderbaum yep. can do that, and he's got a nasty streak. Uh, I've always yep. some of our listeners accuse me of being a closet Iowa fan, as Dan did. But accuse you, go, you are. Yeah, go back and watch the film. He's got a nasty streak, and when they yeah, run the ball, he was always up in it. Yeah, good player. Um, twenty six. The Jets. Tennessee had this pick after they traded with Philadelphia. They had this pick. Or no, this was their pick to begin with. I'm sorry, this is their pick to begin with. And I thought, okay, Linderbaum's gone. Uh, you just blew our mind with the uh, with AJ the trade Brown of trade. AJ yeah. Brown. So you got your uh, you got your receiver. So I'm still reeling from that. And I'm thinking, you know, Jermaine Johnson has slid here. You know, Landry's done good. You've got. Uh, Bud Dupree, but it never hurts to go best available here. And I was thinking this could be a play again. So I kind of, I hit it two ways. I told you earlier that I thought New York would take Jermaine Johnson at 10, get their pass rusher. And they did, they got him later. They got him here at 26. They traded with Tennessee. So mm-hmm. um, what a freaking draft in the first round for the Jets. You get your shutdown corner in a mod Gardner. You come back and get um, – uh, They got Garrett Wilson. You get Garrett Wilson. You get an offensive weapon for your for uh, your offense. And then you come back and get a pass rusher who I had as the third best pass rusher in this class. Behind Hutchison and Thibodeau, I thought he was the best pass rusher in this class. Uh, you know, he left Georgia because he couldn't crack the room. And now you see why they put what's – six or seven in the first round or whatever it was. Um, Ridiculous. Ridiculous, yes. And then he goes to the Jets, who desperately needs pass rush help, and now he's going to be playing opposite of Carl Lawson, who, if he's healthy, Quinnen Williams up front. Um, And then that's what I said in the news and notes. If they sign Larry Ogunjobi, so you would have Lawson, Ogunjobi, Williams, and Jermaine Johnson. John John Franklin Myers. John Franklin Myers, Bryce Hall, or Bryce Huff uh, as backups. Uh, then you would have um, C.J. Mosley. Uh, that defense is going to be good really quick, and I love this for Jermaine Johnson. I think he's going to excel there. Yeah, I, I, I like this pick a lot. Yeah, the Jets nailed this first round, getting the shutdown corner, the weapon, and Garrett Wilson. And, and then I did not expect Jermaine Johnson to fall this far, and – they made the they made the move to get him, and I I like I like the pick a lot. I I like Jermaine Johnson. Um, 
in Dynasty as well in, in that solid system. So, um, yeah, but great pick at a good value. I didn't expect Johnson to fall this far. Right. I did not either. I, I thought he would be no later than a top 15 pick. But um, then we've got Suxville on the clock. And for they all the mistakes they did are reaching at 101. They on traded Javon back Walker. in. They yeah. traded back in and got Devin Lloyd, the linebacker, which yep. kind of surprised me because they just got Olacoon, right, from Atlanta. Um, now you bring in Devin Lloyd, and I thought, well, you know, that's actually not bad because now you got a proven linebacker in Olacoon. Now you get a young gun in Devin Lloyd, and, man, you can do a lot with these two, right? Plus mm. you got Trevon Walker. You've got Josh Allen up front. As yep. your bookends gives you a lot of options, right? So, yep. I, I really like this pick for them. But as I hate to say it, I, th I think this was a great pick for them. Um, yep. Maybe once we get on into the draft, we'll revisit this. But at first glance, here this is uh, this is huge for them. I thought this should have been your Packers pick uh, over Walker. Yeah, like like I said, they they. The Green Bay took Walker. They obviously had him first on their board. Whatever. Uh, Devin Lloyd would have been my guy, but you know it, it is the cards already sent in. So, um, yeah, Jacksonville comes back in and gets Devin Lloyd. And um, Devin Lloyd, I, I'm a huge Devin Lloyd fan. He was my LB one pre-draft, and he he's still post-draft by far. Um, and he's the only rookie linebacker out of this. We'll talk about all, a lot of them um, at some point in these shows, but. As things are, he's the only rookie linebacker I feel comfortable saying will be a full-time player right away and be a high-impact yep, player as a linebacker. Um, Mike Caldwell is the new defensive coordinator. He comes from Todd Bowles, uh, the Todd Bowles system, and he's going um, he's gonna to feature two full-time linebackers. So Alucon and Lloyd should uh, should both be out there playing. So, Yeah, and I think Walker will get a serious run too. Uh, for your Packers, because anytime you're drafting a player this high in the first round, you're not drafting him to be a backup or. Right. Well, just so. Yeah, I agree, but we're going to see how many snaps he plays first. I'm not right. saying, I don't know that he hits like 80 or 85%, but, you know, right. it's kind of more. I'm more Devin Lloyd, I could see that. Even with Olakun, I could see Lloyd getting. 80, 85% of the snaps because they don't have anybody else. Right. One, well, not every system's the same either, you know. So it's right. you know, the Green Bay traditionally, like I, I rambled on about, they don't traditionally run two full time right. guys. But, Plus, Lloyd gives you a little bit more as far as pass rush help. He can, oh, yeah. Off yeah. the edge, he can do that. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, speaking of your Packers, they're back up again here at 28. Yeah, they take what another Georgia boy, Devontae yep. White, defensive tackle, huge guy. That's a huge yep. get for you guys. Um, yep, especially so, on the inside. Yep, so the, the, the story goes that when they were on the clock at 22, Devontae Wyatt was heavily in the mix. Um, instead, you know, him and Walker obviously Walker was in the mix, but Devontae Wyatt was right. they were they were seriously considering taking him because they thought if they didn't take him at 22, he wouldn't be available at 28. And I guess when it got to their pick and he was on the board, it was run the ticket to the podium type deal. Like we were talking about with uh, like Hutchinson. So they were, they had, they, they had a big time grade on Wyatt and um, 
they were, I guess they were ecstatic that he was still there at 28. I, our defensive line could use, use some juice to it. And I think White is a fantastic three tech. Um, he, yep. He's explosive off the, I mean, I think he can kick out and play some end in their different fronts too. Um, he can do a lot of things. He can, and they, they do, they did say they, they thought he could kick in and play the zero or one tech as well. Some if they, and, and depending on what personnel is out there. So basically yeah. what they're saying is they, they, he can play all over. Um, I think is. I don't think they're going to – I don't foresee him playing a ton of zero or one tech, you know, playing that nose because I didn't necessarily think you want him eating double teams a ton because it kind of was ups and downs with that. And I just think he's too good as a three tech and, and being able to get some singled up looks. So, But, I mean, they're going to get creative with him, and I, I love this pick for our front. It, I, I Devontae Wyatt's actually my number one defensive tackle of the rookies. So. Oh, Wow. See, I've got he. I had Jordan Davis as number one. I got Davis um, too. But I actually thought maybe this should have been who Green Bay took with their first pick instead of Walker. They almost um, did. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, say so that. I, yeah, they almost did. They didn't think, like I said, I. That's what I read. They did not think he would be there. Twenty eight. So, oh wow. So yeah. yeah, I mean that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, I love this pick for them. Gives them a nice piece on the inside, and like you said, he can kick out if need be, but I don't think that's going to be his game. No, it just uh, a matter. It just depends what fronts they're playing, you know, odds or evens as far as he, he could play a little wider and like, you know, whatever, right. whatever, you know I mean? It, they feel like he can do a lot of things. So it's right. Um, but no, yeah, he's, 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 he's a good player. I'm really excited about, about him. And I'm, like I said, the whole Quay Walker thing, I'm not sure about the value, but I'm, I'm excited about what they did for the defense anyway. So, right. Um, so moving on, we're almost done with the first round here. We got five more picks, four more picks. Um, New England was on the board. They surprised everybody with the guard from UT Chattanooga called Strange. Um, that was just a crazy pick. Then Kansas City's on the board again at 30. And they get pass rushing help. George Karlofidis from Purdue, who I actually like mm-hmm. pretty well. I mean, he's not He's not your flashy Hutchison, Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson types. He's more of a workmanlike, steady Eddie, get it done type player, right? And um, I think Kansas City, you know, they've tried Frank, Frank Clark has not been the answer. Chris Jones is getting older. He's probably going to be priced out of. Out well, of he's better. And Chris Jones is better inside anyway. Exactly. He's better the, inside. Yeah, the Chris Jones experiment at end wasn't great for him. Yeah, it wasn't good at all, right? He was and once he went back inside, in. he was back to doing Chris Jones stuff. Exactly. They then they bring in Melvin Ingram. That didn't work. Um I, I just think Melvin's kind of lost it and kind of washed. They, they so. actually tendered him too. So Oh really? He's, he's likely coming back unless somebody matches. Oh wow. But, I did not know that. Yeah, just messes it a little bit, up, messes it up a little. But they, bit. But but they had to have somebody in this. They had to get pass rush help in this class because yep. even if you bring him back in Ingram, a uh, Frank Clark, those guys are getting a little long in the tooth. You know, you've yeah. got to get that youth shot in the arm at the position. So I really like this. I thought Carl Loftus might have went in the top twenty, um, but I think with all the offensive tackles and and. Some of the receivers going, I think it kind of pushed everything back for him. So, um, this next one's so interesting. 31, 
Cincinnati Bengals. They take one of your boys. <laughs> Safety Daxton Hill from Dax. Michigan. And I don't know where you had him. I, I had him as my fourth or fifth safety. I'd have to go back and look at my notes. Um, I found it interesting because they have Jesse Bates, right? Well. For now. For now. For now. Now, Cincinnati also, I'm jumping the gun here, they also drafted Tyson Anderson. Mm-hmm. Another safety. Oh, this is getting scary if you're a Jesse Bates fan because the writing might be on the wall here. Well, he's not happy. He's not happy. They didn't want to give him a contract last year. They reached out to him this year, and he's like, no, I'm not doing this in season. We're, we're going to play this out. So the power struggles there between the team and the player, right, and the, yep. on the, over the contract. And then they come in and draft two safeties, one in the first round. So that tells you he's probably going to play a big role. And then you get draft another safety. (laughs) So I think Jesse Bates is worth every penny that he gets, whether it's from Cincinnati or another team. One way or the other, he's fixing to get paid one way or the other. Yeah. I don't know that Cincinnati will franchise tag him. I mean, I guess they could, but – Here's the problem I have with franchise tags. And I know it's kind of a, well, you don't know at the moment kind of thing. But why would you franchise a player if, A, you knew you weren't going to keep him because you're not going to pay what he wants? Or, B, why would you draft safeties? I mean, why would you franchise tag him if you knew he's likely to be gone anyway, why would you, if, if you really wanted to keep him, why don't you go ahead and get a deal done? If, if he's really in your plans and you like him that much, and I know money's a big thing in the NFL, but why don't you get that done, took care of, and then if you still want to draft players behind him at the position, that's fine, because you're going to need them, right? You always need depth. So, I don't know. I to me, I'm 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 gonna say that Bates is gone pretty soon. Maybe do they trade him? That's an option. Do they trade him? I don't think so. They're not gonna trade him, but I don't think he gets re-signed either. So with them drafting two safeties and drafting them pretty early, first and what third? I don't well, think uh, Tyson Anderson was a fifth round pick. So I mean day oh, three guys. Okay. Yeah. Um Yeah, but still, when you're drafting two players at a position with a player you're having contract issues with. Throws up a red flag, right? Well, certainly, you know, with with the, the Daxton Hill pick, you know, on, on the surface, if you just look at their team, you know, Hill, we talk about Daxton Hill, you know, like I said, at, at Michigan, I, he was asked to do a lot. He played all over their secondary, he played safety, he played slot, he played outside a little bit even. You can do a lot of things, and you can do a lot of things well. I think he's a really well-rounded player. He's really good, um, a really, really good player. Um you know, so you look at their roster, right? You got Bates and you got Von Bell. You even have Mike Hilton as their slot. Slot corner. Right. So it's like, where does this pick fit? Well, I, I'm <laughs> guessing. Yeah, I'm guessing that they had a pretty high grade on Daxton Hill, right? You can never have too many good players in your secondary. It's just the deal. Right. 
and he can do a lot of things, but they have guys for most of their positions set. But um, then you look at the Jesse Bates deal, right? They franchise tag him again. He's not happy. Maybe he doesn't even want to work a fucking deal out at some point, right? He's just like, no, I don't, exactly. even, want, I don't even want to do it. I'm, I, I want to leave. It just seems kind of like a thing now. You know, they get to a point where you just don't want to work the deal out. Um, so that's, I mean, you might have to wait a year with Daxton Hill, but there might be a big role for him if, if Bates, uh, you know, leaves. Yeah. And it's and, trending and, that way. And how many times do you ever really see a player get franchise tagged twice? Right. Kirk Cousins comes to mind, but that's <laughs> – That's different, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's made a career out of getting paid anyway, but mm-hmm. I just – I think at this point the price tag – you know, Bates was willing to give them a deal. They didn't want to do it. They franchise tagging. Now they're wanting to get a deal done, and it's like, no, you didn't want to do it the first time. I'm yeah. not doing it this time. So, yeah. so the little game, and now they come back and draft the safety. So that's my point. I think this – this whole thing is a little game. They're preparing themselves in case he ain't fair. Yeah. While sending him a little message, look, we can replace you for a much cheaper option too. So, right. Be interested to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I do yeah. like Daxton Hill. I do think there's a role there for him. Right. Um. And then our last one, Minnesota Vikings, thirty-two. They draft Lewis Seen, who I had. He's been climbing up my boards. For a long time, um, another Georgia boy. Yep, another Georgia <laughs> and this, boy. This dude will straight up hit you. Yeah, he gets he downhill. He gets downhill. Knock you, yeah. Um, which makes sense for Minnesota. I thought Minnesota probably should have took um, Kyle Hamilton. Was kind of hoping they would. That was that was a pretty po- that was a pretty popular uh, fit in that what twelve yeah. range or whatever. Yeah. They traded so back. my thinking was, you know. Harrison Smith, he's not getting any younger. Still is great safety, but you bring right. in a safety and, and let them play alongside of him, let them groom him, and then when he's ready to step away, you've got your replacement. Right. I had the right thought process, just the wrong, <laughs> wrong player. So the wrong player, yeah. <laughs> the wrong player. So I really like this for scene. Um, I think it's a great landing spot for him, a great opportunity. I think he's going to fit well in their defense, especially if those pass rushers up front can get going. Um and then, like I said, playing along with uh, Harrison Smith. Uh, Xavier Woods is gone, le- leaves back uh, a thousand yep. snaps for the taking, um, immediate yep. spot opening there. Yeah. Yep. yep. So a lot to like here. And um, this is a guy that if it's not too late, I'm trying to grab everywhere I can before news gets mm-hmm. out how good he is and, yep. and all that. So uh, definitely somebody I'm looking to take. So that was the first round, Kyle. Yeah, man. Uh, but took a little longer. We we got a little long winded on some of them. Um, took a little longer, and I thought we got a, a trade or two and a couple questions we got to get to. So we may just end tonight with that, uh, and then maybe next week. Um, next week, actually, we're going to have uh, Calvin and Hobby joining us. So maybe nice. next week we can do two through three. And maybe uh, we won't have so many news and notes. We had a little bit more news and notes this week. but So maybe next week we'll just kind of touch the news and notes and then jump into rounds two and three. That way the three of us can get our uh, get our um, two cents worth in. Um, yeah. Overall, first round. Oh, wait, 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 w
very interesting, right? Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. A lot of pass rushers, a lot of uh, offensive linemen. Um, you saw some corners going super – well, the two shutdown corners, they went early because, let's face it, they weren't getting past 10, right? If they yep. started – if they went – if they got past five or six, somebody was going to trade up to get them. Um, mm-hmm. I just – that's – that's where that was. Um, receivers kind of went in there. Uh, you know, quarterbacks, quarterbacks, only one, right? Which was a big, big what's happening here. And we'll get into that on day two, as I mentioned earlier, with me and Dooge watching, watching rounds two and three. We were shocked that they fell as far as they did. But uh, yeah, yep. Um, but I love a lot of the IDP spots for these guys, right? Nice um, spots, yep. And a lot of spots to where there we go. they don't. Some of them don't have a lot of competition, mm-hmm. and there's opportunities uh-huh. for them to be big stars, right? Hutchinson in Detroit, um, Thibodeau in, in New York, uh, Jermaine Johnson in New York, Gardner in New York, um, Devin Lloyd in Jacksonville. Yeah, Devin Lloyd in Jacksonville, Wyatt for your Packers. I, there's yeah. opportunities, and I love those. It's not like they're they're going to compete, but they're it's not like they've got studs ahead of them. You know, there's question marks about some of the players ahead of them, so they've got opportunities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anything else? No, man. It's like you said, the first round was full of full of surprises and some IDP players land some nice spot. Even this back end with Jermaine Johnson going to the Jets and Carl Loftus to the Chiefs. Um, those guys are going to get get a chance to get some run right away, I think. Well, Carl Loftus, they're going to bring Ingram back or whatever, but you got to figure he's going to get in the mix because Frank Clark just hasn't been any good. And I mean, Jermaine Johnson should should get some, some snaps, you know, as a rookie along with Carl Austin and John Franklin Myers and yeah, it's just uh, some good systems there. And Lewis Seen, I mean, that's a good spot for him. Um, it's a great really spot for him. Great spot. Like we said, Devin Lloyd's going to play full time. Quay Walker, keep an eye on the snaps. Um, and um, yeah, it, it, Trevon and Trevon Walker, right? First round pick. I know we're, we're. I mean, the first overall pick. I know everybody's. You know, we're questioning it and this and that, and I get it and all, but like, I'm. Super intrigued to see what, how he develops here. He's a huge dude, explosive, bit of a projection. What does he look like right off the gate? I'm, I'm very curious. You know, I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm anxious to right. see how he performs. So, a couple quick questions here for you. Favorite IDP spot of the first round? Uh, Aiden Hutchinson um, to Detroit. Okay, I would. I have to. I have to say that because he's my first ranked IDP. So, <laughs> right. So, to kind of based based on that, I'm going Kyle Hamilton. Even though he slipped a little further than I thought, landing in Baltimore. Yeah, no, I, he couldn't ask for a better spot. Yeah, he wasn't like going to slide to Minnesota. Right. Well, he should have, but you know, right. they should have yeah. took him. But whatever. Yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with that one. I don't think you can go wrong. Devin Lloyd in Jacksonville is a fantastic spot too, so you can't really go wrong there. Okay. Second question: Of all the IDPs taken in the first round, which one do you think 
fantasy wise makes the biggest impact this season as a rookie? Mm, Devin Lloyd. That's where I was going. I think it could I, be Hutchinson, but I think I think I'm gonna I would put my chip on Devin Lloyd far as yeah those, those as far, pass as far as are points. definitely gonna be in play. Um, yes. I think it's be close. And I think Hamilton's going to be in play, too. So I'm, I'm kind of doing the same thing you are. But, yeah, Devin Lloyd and Jacksonville, they're a bad team, right? They, they still got a ton of holes to fix. Um, they're going to need everything that Ola Kuhn and uh, Lloyd can do, right? Mm-hmm. And they, yeah. yeah. So I like that. Um, worst pick of the first round. The worst pick? Yeah, worst pick, Kyle. The the worst, just overall pick? Well, let me rephrase it. Your least favorite landing spot for an IDP player? Um, Is there someone you wished had went somewhere else? Someone you just thought went way too high? Or, you know, you just don't like the fit with the team? Um, I I think... uh, the, the the I guess the one that has me scratching my head the most is the Dax Hill to to the Bengals. Um Dax Hill to the Bengals, I guess I don't hate the pick or anything. It just I scratch my head as to what they're gonna do. It all makes sense if Jesse Bates leaves and they think he can play free safety, sure. But right now it's like I don't know, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's... but I like it I like the player so much. I like Dax Hill as a player a lot. So I just And he could play some corner for him too, right? I mean, that's a possibility. More slot. I mean, he plays slot. Yeah, I mean, it's not likely, but he right. does have those capabilities, that right. skill set, if, if they needed him to do that. Yeah. Um, man, this was – I was asking you this question. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, man, that's that was a really good question because I'm not sure exactly what mine is. Um, yeah, I ain't hating any of these picks. I guess the, the, the head scratch for me is Daxon Hill to the Bengals, I guess, because I'm just curious to see how that all plays out. Jesse Bates leaves, like I said. Yeah, okay. Um, I guess for me, I think it's Trevon Walker. Um, not that he's a bad player and not that he doesn't feel a need for them. I, you know, I kind when of, you draft that damn high, yeah. you, you better be spot on with what you're doing here, right? So to pass yeah. up on a Aiden Hutchison or a Kayvon Thibodeau, who, let's face it, most people, 75% of the world thought they were the top two one way or the other. And you pick number three. I just, you know, it's it's one thing to do it in the first round, but in the top three picks, you're, you're going that way. That's, Especially when those two go right behind you at three or at two and five, yeah. that was. Just, I, I don't know. I hope he he doesn't. The pressure to succeed doesn't cause him to be a bust because we've seen that a ton, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's an excellent call. And as soon as you said it, I think that makes more sense than than my Daxon Hill pick because I would have taken Aiden Hutchinson so I, at one. So yeah. yeah, and I would have took Kayvon Thibodeau if if you if me and you was in Jacksonville's. War room, and I'm the head coach. It would have been Thibodeau for me. No way around it. Been around with that. And if I was going to settle, it would have been Hutchison. Walker would have not yeah, been in the conversation. I think for that question, I guess 
I answered it more as a player I really like to a head scratching situation, but if we're just talking question mark pick in general, it's well, nothing wrong with your pick. I like that too, because I mean you're right. What are the if they're not doing anything with Vance and they re signing, then kinda Yeah. But I get that. Awesome stuff, man. Mm. Good stuff. I can't wait till next week when we got Calvin here and we can dig yeah. in. This second, third round is just as good as this first round was. Oh, yeah. There's lots of good spots. Second, third round, for sure. So, yeah. Um, one more question. Fancy draft. If you're drafting right now, which IDP? If you've got the 101 or whatever pick in the first round and you're taking the first IDP, who is it? Aiden Hutchinson. Nine. Well, you 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 all in on the homeboy, ain't you? That's and I'm not what, hating it. I'm not hating it. I'm not hating it. Of course, your fantasy teams depends on what your needs are and all that yep. scoring. Yeah, scoring in your lineups. Who are you taking? I think the upside with Thibodeau and Hutchison. If you hit one of those, if you pick one in the hit. Yeah. You're going to look like a genius. Um, I think Devin Lloyd's in that conversation too. Absolutely. But I think if I'm taking, I'm taking Kyle Hamilton. I think landing spot, his skill set, everything, safest floor, highest floor. I think he's the way you go, especially in most leagues. Because if even if you're, it doesn't matter if you're position specific or, or if you're in a general league or he's going to play, right? He's going to play no matter what type of league format you're in scoring. He's going to be a big contributor. So uh, for me, I, I think I would take uh, Kyle Hamilton first. Okay. That's so your boy. Uh, it, it is. I never thought I'd like a, a golden domer that much, but man, he is, uh, he is yep. something else, dude. Right. Something else. Yep. Um, we got a question that, we got two questions and a trade here before we get to them real quick. Don't forget to check out our Patreon. Hopefully, Kyle, we can do a new episode next week if with Calvin. And if not, he can uh, uh, he can go and me and you will do one. But we'll do a, a quick Patreon next week. Uh, please check into that. Check us out. All kinds of good stuff going over there. Kyle's writing stuff for that. I am too. Posted some nugget stuff today, so go check that out. Um so we had a trade with our – well, we didn't have a trade. Our buddy Dooge had a trade here. And uh, Oh, I had a trade. I'm in this oh, okay. trade. I'm in this trade. Oh, you are in this trade. Well, yeah. My bad. You are in this trade. So I've, I've heard the Dooge's side. I'm curious to hear your side. But before we do that, so it's a campus to Canton League. Team A traded away linebacker Darius Leonard, running backs Trey Sermon and Ty Johnson, plus a 2023 first. And I was like, okay, because me and dude just talking about it. I was like, okay. It's a Debbie depleted. Like, it's Debbie depleted because of the campus to Canton side stuff. Yeah. So I get it. And I'm sitting here thinking, ooh. A first because there's always a few good players right that fall through oh, yeah. the cracks or whatever. Sure, sure. But Darius Leonard and a first, the two running backs I could I could care less about. They're just yeah, they're 
I mean, for me, I could care less. But I I do understand why they were offered and why you accept it. So I get that. Um, So he trades that whole package to you for Cam Akers, Matt Breida, and linebackers Ernest Jones and Rashawn Evans. Now, while discussing this trade, we may or may not have had a few adult beverages. <laughs> and we may or may not have been clashing as we normally do when we've had said beverages. Yeah. But I could not wrap my head around giving away Anders or uh, Leonard and a first for what he got in return. I just, I could not wrap my head around it. And the more I've looked at it, the more I've kind of eased up on it as being as bad as it was. But for me, I, he he's a big Cam Akers fan. He explained it to me. If he bounces back, he's going to be huge. Yep. Yada, yada, yada. I get it. I agree. Running backs are hard to come by. But Rashawn Evans is – he's not much. Uh, no. This only reason he's in Atlanta is because Bean Pease is familiar with him. Arthur Smith is familiar with him. And they needed help at the spot. So – you know, he's on a cheap deal, prove it deal. It's going to cost him basically nothing. So it's worth a flyer for them. So I could see that you're getting him Just getting back. Yeah. Ernest Jones, he's this is year two for him. Will he take the next step? Will he improve over? You know, he had a solid rookie year. I yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember though, dude that has Bobby Wagner and he has Troy Anderson. So he was just looking to lock up having yep. a linebacker. Yep, that's exactly what he was doing. He was getting his handcuffs, which I agree with. Um, I just think, for me, I just think I'm getting more for Leonard and a first. And if you want to count Sermon, who's going into year two, maybe he does more. Johnson's a handcuff. But I'm getting more than Cam Akers, Breida, Jones, and Evans. Uh, For one, Leonard is... We'll, we'll play on the safe side. One of the best five linebackers in the game, right? He's probably the best linebacker in the game as far as fantasy goes, stuff like that. But, ugh. and I'll tell you what I told him. I said, I hope that when you sent that trade over, that Kyle ripped your arm off at the shoulder blades trying to hit the accept button. <laughs> He said Kyle was thinking. I said, if Kyle has to think about this, I may drive to Michigan and smack him on the head because this is a no brand. <laughs> hey, the deal got done. We both traded from positions of strength. Dude's just loaded at linebacker. Um, he is line, loaded line, at linebacker. He's loaded, man. And linebackers score well, and he's stacked up. He did a great job building his linebacker core. He's a big Cam, Cam Akers fan. My team has a lot of running backs. I got pretty good, dang good depth in, at running back. I even drafted Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, and James Cook in our draft because they all fell through the cracks to our side of the Canton yeah. League um, to go along with Aaron Jones and Elijah Mitchell. And, yeah, I, I got a lot of running back depth. So we both traded from positions of strength, and this is what it came to, man. And, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, like I said, uh, the more I've looked at it, the more I've come to come to um, 
could see it being closer than what I initially thought. But right. I, I guess for me, you have to be a big believer in Cam Akers, right? And I he mean, is. You have to. And, and dudes, he when, and when he believes in a guy, he will. Yes, he does. It, if he believes they in say, someone, put he the money where his mouth is. Yes, yeah, and he'll tell you if he's wrong too. So, mm-hmm. um, so I liked. That. I thought that was an interesting trade, but I I wasn't yeah. ready for it when it came across. And I was like, wow, that's that's a big deal. That's a big. Yeah. And another reason I wanted to discuss it, not just to poke fun at you and Dude and and mess with y'all, but I know I get a ton of questions every year. Well, how do you value offensive players versus defense? Well, I think that right there, that trade right there, that's a pretty good indicator, right? Your big pieces are, are Cam Akers and Darius Leonard. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see, you know, where the value is there. Um, I can actually see this being a push trade. I really do. I know I gave mm-hmm. dudes a hard time and gave you a hard time, but I think looking at it overall and kind of breaking down the rosters that you have to go with it, I, I think it's a win-win for both of them. Mm-hmm. You did good, Kyle. Yeah, you didn't thanks, get embarrassed buddy. there. You did good. Thanks, buddy. And so now we got two listener questions, uh, both of them from Twitter. Um, user FFBLegend23. He wants to know, do we have any deep sleepers? And I'm assuming he's talking rookies. Um for this year, like Quincy Roche was last year. And I know we're going to get into the later rounds in future episodes, but um, do you have some deep sleepers that you're looking at right now? Or, or uh, you're talking, we're talking rookies. Yeah. Cause he said like Qu- Quincy Roche was last year and he was a rookie last year. So I'm assuming okay. that's what he's talking about. Um, well, yeah, if we're talking rookies and an edge guy that I'm our defensive end edge, wherever they're dictated in your league, um, a guy that I really like is Sam Williams out of out of uh, Dallas. He was a second round pick. Um, he's out of Ole Miss. Dallas selected him in the second round. Um, he was second in the SEC in sacks last year with like twelve and a half. Um, they they need some. You know, Randy Gregory's gone. They brought Dorrance Armstrong back. They got. D-Law and all that, but, you know, another guy and a second-round pick and a guy that had some success in the SEC, which you love to see. Um, uh, Sam Williams is a guy that I'm taking the back end of all my my rookie drafts. Um, linebacker, uh, you know, Brandon Smith's a guy I've talked about a lot. Um, I, I like him quite a bit in Carolina. You know, next to Shaq Thompson, they got Corey Littleton and maybe Damian Wilson. I don't know how much troubles he's in. So Brandon Smith could compete for snaps and – um, even later in drafts, a couple of guys I'll take shots on. Um, Micah McFadden for the Giants um, out of Indiana. I, I always thought McFadden was a tough, a tough dude. Who, you know, he holds him in the box. He's a good blitzer. Um, and next to Blake, they don't got much. I mean, Tay Crowder sucks. He just falls into snaps all the time. And, and if Blake's like not healthy enough, um, you know, maybe who knows how that's going to work. McFadden could see some time. Um, and Malcolm Rodriguez for the Lions, just because the Lions. Oh, nice one. Yeah, you know, Rodriguez, I thought he might go a little higher. Some stuff I was reading leading up to the draft, he tested well athletically, powerful dude. He's just – he's short with short arms. He's a smaller stature. He's a 
stocky linebacker, but um, he he can cover some ground. He's fast. He had a four five something forty. He works through the traffic pretty well. Um, he's got a good nose for the ball, and he's a solid tackler. And um, you know, Detroit Alex Anzalone, they brought him back, but he he's not very good. Um, Derek Barnes struggled last year. Will he pick it up this year? Maybe. Who knows? Um, but six round, you know, he was a six round pick, so the capital's not great. But I mean, he's going to a situation with not. I mean not a ton of competition for snaps if he can make some noise, right? So a couple right. linebackers there. Um, safety, uh, I'm all about taking Nick Cross if he can out of Indianapolis. Um, I think he's got some box capability in his game. I'm, he's got some development. He needs to, you know, develop right. you know, what he's seeing a little bit more and, and what's happening in front of him. But he's got box capability in his game. And um, – Kahari Willis gets dinged up, and I th- I would love to see him fill that role. And Kahari Willis is in the last year of his his uh, rookie deal, so could be a spot for him next year. Yeah, good stuff. Actually, I love the uh, Malcolm Rodriguez because that was one that I was going to mention as well. Um, Detroit just needs a lot of help, so oh yeah. You know, so I think there's there's definitely a chance there for him. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pull one of your things here. I'm going to stay with a homer pick here. I'm going to go Matthew Butler uh, from Tennessee who went to the Raiders. Uh, I think there's a change going on there with some of these players. Of course, with the new coaching staff, they want to do their thing. Um, They have some weapons and and some veterans up front, but I could see him being a sneaky good play. Um, Has good quickness, good burst off the ball. Uh, does a good job of filling running lanes and is a surprisingly good interior pass rusher. So he can get you some sacks uh, from the inside. And that's something you don't see a whole lot of, um, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you're usually run pluggers or and stuffers and stuff like that. So anytime you can get somebody that can rush the passer from the inside like that, um, I think is huge. Um, another one I like I know they have uh, Demario Davis down there, but I like their their uh, sixth round pick, Demarco Jackson from Appalachian State. Yeah, nice. he's a you know see ball, go hit ball type guy, but he yep. can do more than that. He's not just a two down guy. Um, yep. He carried the Mountaineers for basically the last two years on defense. So um, a big play guy too. You. you when he had playmakers in front of him, he made big plays behind them. So um, I like that really good, solid uh, pick for them. Um, man, there's so many of these. And, and here's another one in the fifth round. And got to toot my own horn here a little bit. It's a guy that we interviewed on WIDP Grind. Zion McCollum, the cornerback from uh, Sam Houston State. Nice, he went nice. to Tampa Bay. So congratulations to him. Another one that we've interviewed. I think that gives us five now that we've interviewed wow. that have made the interview uh, made the NFL. So Look congrats to him. You. I know. I know when I talked to him on draft day, I knew everything was busy. I said, "Hey, I know you're busy, man. Your 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 world's probably spinning. You just you're making life changing money and all this." But yeah, um, congrats. And he answered me a couple of days later. He's like, "Man, he's my feet still haven't hit the ground." And <laughs> He's wow. like, Thank you so much. So you, <laughs> when doing the interview, I don't think the kid ever stops smiling. 
That's awesome. To the point that he was making me smile. I mean, it was infectious. So I can't imagine what it was like on draft day. So right. Um, But yeah, I think he's a good fit with Tampa because with all they have these veterans, you know, this basically Super Bowl caliber team. I mean, they've already won one. Should have probably went deeper last year. Um, So getting a quarter like him, and man, he can run. He's long, fast, will hit you. Um, So, yeah, I definitely think that's – if you're looking for a corner, I think he's one you can bring along, stash away, going to help you out down the road. Um, Man, these – this draft was – it was so good. Um, And I don't know – he said deep, so I I hate to go any closer. I think that would be my three right now because, like I said, uh, we're going to get into the second and third round next week with Calvin and then maybe – Following week, we'll do uh, maybe we'll finish up uh, four, five, six, and seven, and just kind of hit the highlights of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely um, the guys that I'm uh, I'm into right now. And once I dig a little more into the draft and these landing spots, and we see what's going on, there may be some more. There always is. Mm-hmm. So that will do it for our questions. We. Thank you, guys. Oh, no, we got one more. I'm so one sorry. One more. One more. Yeah. One more. I, I forgot. Um, our buddy Mace. Shout out, Mace. Mace. He wants to know do we think Talanoa Hufunga will have any value in redraft this season? And what are our thoughts on Anthony Harris and the Eagles secondary? Do they have any IDP gems? I'm a, I'm a huge Hufunga fan. Um, in redraft, honestly, I might pump the brakes a little bit in redraft. Even as high as I am, I might pump him a little bit. Uh, he showed some signs last year where he was he made big plays, right? Mm-hmm. Made some huge plays for him. Um, but I want to see the consistency. And I think when in fantasy, that's something you got to see is the consistency. Because uh, a lot of times you can get burned on these uh, feast or famine type season, you know, two or three picks here, or two or three sacks there, and then all of a sudden you disappear for six or seven games. So I want to see the consistency, but dynasty-wise, yes, I love Hufanga. Uh, redraft, I'm, I'm probably pumping the brakes on him this year, but I'm not getting rid of him. If I, if I can find a spot for him on taxi or the bench, then, yeah, I'll keep him. Um, yeah, you know, Jaquiski Tart's gone now, so there is an opening at strong safety next to Jimmy yes. Ward. Um, I, I was a big Hufunga fan coming out of USC. I loved his demeanor, the way he played the game. He's he, he's a box safety that just plays with an edge. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll hit you, man. Um, they brought in, you know, they brought in George Odom. He was in Indianapolis last year. He filled in for uh, Kahari Willis and was a waiver wire guy a few times or whatever. Um, so somebody's got to play, fill that strong safety spot. And, you know, I, I like Hufanga more than Odom. I know Odom, yes. they, they brought, picked him, brought him in. So, I mean, if you're talking redraft and you want to wait on taking defensive backs, I love to wait and throw darts at the end. And if you have yep. a, a back end of the roster spot, I'd absolutely throw it at a dart at Hufanga and see if he can win that job. And if he does, he could be a really fun and, and productive player. Um, if he holds down that strong safety role. So I think there's definitely a chance. And uh, yeah, I like him in dynasty as well. Like you said, you just, 
it'll be a big year for him. So this year, yeah, it'll definitely be a big year for him. But like I said, he probably pumping the brakes. But if I've got roster spots or room to stash him, definitely doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, second part of his question: What are we thinking about Anthony Harris and the Eagles secondary? And do they have any IDP gems? Um, I don't. When he says gems, I don't know if he's meaning like all around or is he talking maybe like their draft? I didn't get that question from him. Um. Well, I mean, just as far as Anthony Harris, I mean, Harris is he's okay. I mean, he kind of did a, a little bit more. You know, when he was in Minnesota, he was more of their deep guy. More or less, but um, um, he, he moved around a bit. You know, you look at his snap splits. He played 340 box snaps last year, so they did move him around some. 140 slot snaps. Um, played 387 at free safety. So, you know, he, he was moved around a bit. Another guy, I'm not overly excited, I guess, about Anthony Harris. Um, but I could see taking a shot on him late, and if they're going to move him around a bit, it could be interesting. And I know. Their their other you know their safety spot beside him is is a little uh, besides Harris is a little murky. I know they, I just seen something where they're talking up Marcus Apps. They got Kevon Wallace and, and Kevon Wallace never has really turned into. A, there was a little bit of excitement around him when he was coming out of Clemson, but um, he's he's never really taken the the step. And, and so it's, you got like him, and then you got Marcus Apps who's filled in here or there, and he just I just seen a little blurb on Marcus Apps not that long ago. They think he could compete for a starting spot, so. Another deep, deep guy to keep an eye on in your deep leagues, I guess. But um, out of the bunch, Harris would be my pick. And if you want to take a shot on him late, why not? Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely worth a look. Um, You know, despite their need in the secondary, they didn't even draft any secondary players. Right. Um, You know, I guess they're big – after their first round deal, they got Nicobe Dean in the third, which is a, a good pick for them. But um, deal. we'll get to that. Yeah, that's sure, but... yeah, we'll get into that for sure. But, um, you know, Harris is going to be their starting strong safety. Like you said, Wallace, from what I'm gathering right now, he's penciled in as the starting free safety. Um, so I, I guess, you know, Harris is still the guy you want there. Um they don't have a whole lot behind that. Now, I will say this. While they didn't draft him, uh, they brought him in as an undrafted free agent. So kind of to go back to our first question, deep sleepers, Reed Blankenship, the safety from Middle Tennessee State. Your boy. If you're, if you're looking for a super deep sleeper, <laughs> there's your guy. You know, same place Kevin Byard went to. Sort of similar in the ball hawking skills. Uh, I mean, if you're throwing darts and you're looking for a deep guy, that's one. And looking at this roster, if he comes in and does what he's done in college, he could push way up. I mean, like we said, Kayvon Wallace has not been anything special. Marcus Epps is not anything special. So I could see Reed, you know, later in the season, I could see him making a push, you know. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think that about does it. That was a good show, Kyle. Hey, yeah, that was a lot of fun, man. And, uh, you know, we had two hours, too. Sheesh. 
Time flies when you're having fun, as they say. It does. Well, we had to make up for lost time. We hadn't been on in a couple weeks, and the draft yeah. happened. And and I'm sure for the next few weeks, our shows will probably be nearly this long. Because, like I said, we're going over the draft. Next yeah. week is our first guest with Calvin. Uh, we're going to have some other guests lined up going here pretty soon. I've got my calendar. Um this is going to be a hell of a week, Kyle. I've already mentioned to you all the things that's oh, going on between work and now. You got a lot going on, brother. I do. Um, before we go, I guess, so we did IDP Nation today. Uh, tomorrow with uh, our buddy Brock, I'm doing the Daddy IDP Grind, which is the college IDP uh, podcast. Then when we get done, it's just a little side project. Um we're doing the 13 horns podcast, which is our music podcast that we like to get into. Then Tuesday with Sheps, I'm doing the uh, toilets to titles uh, draft with the IDP rookie mock draft. Yeah. Yeah, IDP rookie mock draft. Yes. And then uh, I get a day off and then I'm back on Thursday with my new podcast. Well, not my new podcast, but with, uh, Nate Markham and Jorge Edwards and the great Mike Wallert. We've all kind of teamed up and doing an IDP podcast called Shoot the Gap, which is live. So you can check us out on YouTube and don't be an annoying pest like Kyle was the other night when he snuck what? in the chat. What? Whatever. I mean, man. he was in there out of blocked you. Nah, you would never. I wouldn't have. You're right. I wouldn't have. You're all talk. But at least there's one good Kyle, right? We know yeah. there's one good guy. It's been settled. It's been settled. So, yeah, we've got that coming up. And then um, it's going to be busy the rest of the way. Like I said, we've got some guests coming up next Sunday's Calvin. Um, and then uh, me and you going to get together. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even going to explain what that was, but, yeah, we're good. Okay. Um, I don't even know what to do with that right there. But, um, yeah, so we're going to be busy. Kyle, we got IDP Nation page, the Patreon page. Yep. Um, tell them what you're working on, any guest appearances you got going on, and we'll get out of here. Um, yeah, you can find my work over at idpguys.org. Um, I haven't really written anything lately. Uh, posted my rankings on the Patreon for uh, IDP. Which were position. killer, by the way. Those rankings were awesome. Thanks, buddy. man. Yeah, let's see if I can put something else together here too. Appreciate that. Um, I haven't really wrote anything lately. Been busy working on the the draft guy there, and then the um, IDP draft kit with a um, uh, couple of us from IDP guys and the guys from the IDP show, Adam, Bobby, and Josh. Um, our buddy Trip um, is working on it as well, and uh, DJ Keltown is doing um, some stuff with the scoring as well. Um, a lot of great people, a lot of really smart people. Uh, that's going to be coming out soon. Um, so I've been working on that, and uh, that's about it, man. And maybe uh, when I get a free second, I'll write something. I'll try. Awesome. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know the feeling. It, writing has become a uh, a chore or a challenge. Yeah. Find the time. Anything. I know. So between work and five podcasts this week, it's going to be rough. But I, um, I'll, I'll get some stuff up as well. We'll get this thing going, so. Be sure to check out idpnation.com and check out our Patreon. And we'll be back next week with the one and only Calvin. 
we'll do rounds two and three. So uh, that should be fun. I can't wait to hear some of his yeah, takes. Absolutely. Uh, always a good dude. Knows his IDP yep. stuff too. So yep. um, we will be back next week. We want to thank you all for listening. Thank you for supporting us, helping us out. Um, we do this for fun, but it, it's, it's so awesome when we can help you all out with rosters and stuff. So we thank you for that. And um, whew, I guess we are done. Peace out. Thanks Ready everyone. Peace out. That, that's peace how out. you're going to end the show is peace out. That's all I got. Peace out. What's well, better than how you began the show. When I click on and you're laughing hysterically. You made me laugh. Well, you know, I'm a complete package. That's what I do. You are. I, I'm a genius. I'm good looking. I make people laugh. I mean, there's really nothing I can't do, Kyle. It's true. It is true. Yeah. You're the one-on-one of one-on-ones. Yeah. I, You're the one-on-one. You're the one-on-one of one-on-ones. I'm generational. Yeah. Yeah. I am. All right, guys, we're out. <laughs>